have one of those moments where you just look at something and, and consider it, then you say, <laughs> now this all makes sense to me. Yeah. Good morning, all of you in my combat radio signal. All of you that will later get my podcast on the free Odyssey app, I say to you, good morning. I didn't ask the question, have we solved the issue that we had yesterday? Oh. <laughs> okay. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I had a blast yesterday at Upstate Warrior Solutions. I met a lot of great people. Made a lot of great connections. We'll do it again. That was too much of a good time for it just to be a one-off. I'm going to take you back to February 22nd, 2020. Before all of the COVID nonsense really went sideways. Small town of Satarsha in Yazoo County, Mississippi. People just driving along in their cars, everything, walking along on the sidewalks. Everybody heard a boom. And then they were surrounded by a, uh, a a cloud, a fog of fetid gas. People started collapsing. They were shaking. They were breathless. Vehicles could not get enough air to run because it's all about that air-gas mixture, you know. First responders rolled up in oxygen masks looking around going, what is this? Took them four hours to get this... Uh, under control, 200 people were evacuated to safety. 49 people had to be hospitalized. Three years later, respiratory problems still plague a lot of these people. You want to know what happened that day? Well, a carbon capture pipeline, 24-inch thick carbon capture pipeline, can compress CO2 mixed with that rotting egg sort of scent to it. Um, it exploded. Now, some of you may be saying, well, Bill, what's wrong with the carbon, you know, accidents happen. Well, listen, carbon capture is not something we need to be doing. <laughs> Company called Denberry Inc. They are self-proclaimed industry leader in CO2 transportation. They source the gas from an ancient volcanic cavity called the Jackson Dome where it's, I guess, sitting there, not, you know, it's volcanic. It's, it's coming from the air and then they pipe it uh, 40 miles to the Tinsley oil field to enhance oil extraction. Now, it happens to be contaminated with hydrogen sulfide, which makes it smell like rotten eggs. I was wrong. They did not inject that themselves. And this most likely limited the number of casualties. That's just dumb luck. CO2 is odorless. And had it not been contaminated, there would have been a lot of asphyxiated people in Satarsha in the small county of Yazoo in Mississippi. Right now, we got to go to net zero. $10 billion for carbon capture has been allocated. They're going to capture CO2 from industrial and other sources. They're going to compress it and then send it compressed, which, listen, gas when it is compressed has a possibility of being volatile anytime you do that everything everything that you're seeking to do with an explosion is to compress it and hold it till it builds up and then when it builds up and ruptures the, the container in it oh now 
They've got a huge grid of pipelines they envision. 65,000 miles carrying CO2 across America by 2050. They'll be four feet thick, these pipes. There's 50 pipelines currently about 5,000 miles, transmitting 70 million tons of CO2 annually for enhanced oil extraction. Now, what about the humans? Aren't we always told about how dangerous pipelines are? Don't I? I mean, every time there's an oil pipeline, it's got to be stopped for ecological reasons. This could be an ecological problem. It, besides, you know, exposing us, the humans, that you know, the top of the food chain to it. The very scientists who advocate this are not sure what ultimately happens to the CO2 being pumped underground to enhance the oil extraction. See, this is all theoretical. <laughs> uh, very vague here. <clears throat> and uh, they don't know what the risk is of storing this. This is all suspect. Well, this is all about the green premium, though. This is the, the, We're talking about trillions of dollars to be made here. Green energy. It, all of this, they all want to have this thing called carbon credit, which would basically be a new currency. And chasing net zero. First of all, there's never going to be any such thing as net zero, not as long as we live here. And then after we live here, guess what? There's not going to be anything such as net zero. We don't create these things that happen. There's some things that are a result of the things that we do, but we're not creating certain gases. We're not creating certain particulates. Nobel laureate John Clauser, he's gotten out there and said, well, you know, I'm not going along with this little, this little clown show. He called this a dangerous corruption of science that threatens the world economy and the well-being of billions of people. But listen, nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about you. If you die, you're one of the eggs that is broken to make that omelet, that green energy omelet. William Happer and Richard Lindzen, both distinguished climate scientists, have written that harm from CO2 emissions has been greatly overstated. Don't we need this to, uh, you know, for the trees and the plants and the, and the corn and the tomatoes? And don't we need this for all of this to grow? Don't they suck it in? Couldn't we just plant trees? Oh no, we got to tear down the trees for the, for the, uh, for for the wind farms, and then when the blades go down, then we take them to Sweetwater. Pile them up, just pile them up, because they're made out of something that can't be re re recycled. We don't know how to recycle it yet, and all of this costs a lot of money. That's the thing. Why is it that all of this unproven theoretical green energy costs so much money to implement? On the text line, why are we capturing things that occur na naturally? Exactly, my friend. There are problems. So you you got to have steel pipelines, pumps, storage devices, drilling. You got to monitor every inch of that pipeline. Because if it ruptures, you know, there's a lot of peril coming with the transportation and storage of pressurized CO2. And if it leaks in lethal volumes from an underground reservoir, <laughs> right now you got three companies that are seeking to build a network to decarbonize ethanol production in the Midwest, qualify for tax credits, 
and demonstrate that this carbon captures a valid climate solution. And the farmers, you know, they, they always get out there and say to us that we got to have wind power. And, but they always believe that, that we're always going to be able to go to Walmart. The food's always going to be at Walmart, even though we plow under the farms and make wind farms out of them. On the text line, I got a texter that has run a CO2 storage hydro testing operation. And he points out that CO2 is used to extinguish fires. Think what that does to anything else that needs oxygen, like you. All of these plans and everything else, all on something that they don't know. They don't know what it's going to do when they pipe it in the ground to extract oil. They don't know. And... Yet they're doing it. They're, they're, they're hell-bent on going. Here we go. Full speed ahead. My goodness gracious. And this gas that goes down, it will still exist. And if it leaks out, guess what it kills? Everything. If it comes out and it's something that breathes, it'll kill it. So that means wildlife. You know, that, that, what about water? We all hear about these uh, possibilities of these ships that have sank because of these CO2, spontaneous CO2 leaks that just are just so unpredictable. Can't you just imagine yourself out there, right there on Lake Hart? Well, you're fishing, you got your new boat. Boy, it sure is nice. This thing flies. All of a sudden, a CO2 bubble hits you. Done. Done! This, this is the thing I this the part I like the most about this is that they're going full speed ahead with this knowing that this is unproven knowing that this is all theoretical <laughs> oh gosh all right the other day I was having a conversation and I did not know what the answer is but I think I've seen the answer to this. Be patient with me. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. I the one thing about leftists is all of their all of their ideas they always circle back on them. They always circle back on them. The uh, Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Uh, you can get the podcast on the free Odyssey app. As you go check out yesterday's especially because yesterday's was my first remote with WORD. Which is actually not true because I do the show remote every day. But this is the one where I get to go somewhere and I got somebody else setting things up and they got somebody else making sure everything works. And that was sort of fun. And I got to meet a lot of great people. So go check that out. Now, Jaden Rodriguez, 12, 12 year old kid, identifies as a 12 year old kid. <laughs> Well, he got out there and uh, he he restored my faith in young people. See, the problem here is that young men of today are being vilified for being young men, for in in a lot of cases for being Caucasian, 
Now, I, I don't know about you, but I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> and having nothing to do with that means that I simply am as I was born, as God made me, and as my parents named me. Like Jaden, he decided to put a patch of the Gadsden flag on his backpack. The, they call these things morale patches, and uh, they, you know they're cool. Some of them are cool. I've got a morale patch for lock and load. You know, you just stick it Velcro. Just stick it on there with Velcro. It's cool. You know, you can take it off and change it, whatever you want to do. And he had a Gadsden flag on there, and uh, we see him in a video with a button-down shirt beneath his camouflage backpack. He's got a he's got a very cool haircut. He he looks like a young man of my era. And a defiant smirk. Because his mom is in there talking to this uh, school administrator. She claimed that the patch was disruptive to the classroom environment. This petty administrator. For those of you that live in a... Uh, in a community with an active HOA, you know what I'm talking about, that, those power-hungry HOA presidents. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Now, their greatest joy in the world is use the government to make you do what they want you to because nobody else in their lives listens to them. Only The only people that they can put in there that they can get to listen to them are the ones that they hold some sort of authority over, whether it is long-term or temporary, like, say, in a school. These are the type of people who would track you down in a grocery store during the era of COVID mandates and, uh, you know, Shame you for not stopping, you know, strapping that toxic paper cancer receptacle to your face. The Fanny Willises of the world begging to be relevant. They would be the ones that had the autistic teenager arrested because they got the feelings hurt. They would definitely live stream the transgender journey of their reluctant child just for the likes and the, you know, the likes and the loveys and all that. Jaden and his mom, they reject the microaggression police and they smile confidently while doing it because they know they only have to suffer the fools temporarily. They may even smile on the mug shots they may have to take when the first class of people inevitably come after them. But they're in the regime to fight it. And they really don't care what these people say. They don't care what they think what what these people think that these other people are supposed to do. How empowering. Now, <laughs> here, uh, you know, you got a clean-cut young man who, who smiles on the faces of the bureaucratic bullies. 
There's a guy named Marcus Schrader. He was arrested for publicly reading scripture in protest of a drag queen event for children. Instead of drooling out a shame-induced apology, he responded by showing up to a city council meeting and then reading some more scripture to him. And the categories aren't that neatly broken down most of the time, but as you might have noticed, there's a large population of intolerable women running the asylum. Women are overwhelmingly overrepresented in HR, administrative services, education, community services, and social work, and they have a higher rate of petty rules to enforce. I used to hate it when I was in the military and I'd get a new lieutenant and he would come in there and he'd be a regulation spouting little dude and didn't know anything about how to really do anything. We were in, I, I, when I was at, in Polk, the ground in Polk was like concrete. And we'd roll into an area and they'd want us to dig fighting positions with E-tools. And I wasn't going to have that because my people would have been exhausted after that. If you got to crawl into a fighting position and then be ready to fight, it's not really good if you're like so tired, your, your eyes are crossed. So I knew a guy in the engineers and he'd bring his backhoe there. We would, he would dig my, he'd dig my fighting positions. I'd get them all in 16 minutes. I think I timed it one time, 16 minutes, and then he'd roll back, and then my little regulation spouting bunny lieutenant would hop, hop, hop over to me and say, Sergeant Freddy, you don't have grenade sumps in there. These are not the right height. These are not this. These are not that. And I'd just look at LT, and I'd say, sir, they're finished. I've got my people going to have chow and shifts. The other people are setting up the sandbags. When the whole chow thing is over with, everything's going to be ready to go. We'll be set. We'll be set way before dark. So then I can go out there and clear some of that brush, sir. And he would tell me, just make sure that all of these things I just addressed have been taken care of. And I'd be like, yes, sir, absolutely. And then he'd hop, hop, hop off. And I'd just be sitting there going, yeah, I wonder what I got for an MRE in my backpack. Regulation spouting little people. Young boys are being turned off by the left-wing ideology. They're, being, they're sick of being told that ma their masculinity is oppressive and evil, that women run the world and the best boys are actually girls. And they're maybe getting sick of having their thoughts and actions dictated by babysitters and middle management. We now exist in a world with the left-wing backpack patch police. And those young men, they get a very rough shake out of that. Everything is their fault. And the prototype that they're supposed to follow is between Chase and Buttigieg and Dylan Mulvaney. And they're saying no. And good for you, kids. Good for you. A Democrat senator got out there and he went after Mike Pence. And it's quite obvious that neither one of them know what they're talking about. So let's go ahead and attack that while it's ripe to go for it, shall we? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I love it when you got two guys that are supposed to be on opposite sides and they're saying the same thing. I just love it. I love it. Love it. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You can get the podcast live on the uh, on the free Odyssey app. It don't cost nothing. And I want to get you to understand about two things here. Depending on who you're talking about, whether they have an R or a D, most politicians have no idea what they're talking about when they get out there and they peddle gun control. They have no clue 
about how to prevent a terroristic shooting. And they have no clue how to actually carry out their oath to support and defend the bedrock, the Constitution. And I've got some serious issues with that one. Back in April, Mike Pence spoke at the NRA annual meeting, and he made two propositions, which, uh, you know, were quite underwhelming. The first, more institutions for the mentally ill, and the second, an expedited appeal for those convicted of mass shootings so they could be put to death in months, not years. That's some. That's this is this, that's a nothing burger. A few days back, he apparently repeated that position when he spoke to Nancy Cordes on the CBS's Face the Nation program. Why you would go on that, I don't know. But then Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, or as I call him Feinstein Light, he came in and spoke to Cordes, and she went and she asked what he thought about Pence's suggestion. And to this, he said. And I quote, well, it shows how little Mike Pence understands about the gun violence epidemic in this country. The fact of the matter is most shooters, most mass shooters are engaged in a suicide attempt. Most mass shooters are intending to kill themselves or be killed by police. So Mike Pence doesn't know what he's talking about when he says he thinks mass shootings will go down. If you threaten to kill the people who are carrying them out, they are in fact seeking to die. Senator, Senator Feinstein light, he got part of it right. He got part of it right. Um, neither he nor Pence know what they're talking about. <laughs> and uh, Mike Pence is a gun grabber too. When he was in Indianapolis, last time I went to the NRA annual meeting was in 2019 in Indianapolis. And he told a local outlet, he, and, and this is what was reported, Vice President Mike Pence believes Indiana's red flag law could be used as a potential blueprint for similar laws across the country. The vice president touted Indiana's red flag laws as a tool that helped to prevent incidents of gun violence, specifically when it comes to those with mental health issues and instances of suicide. And he said, while we will always defend the rights of Americans to keep and bear arms, we don't want people who are a danger to themselves or others to have access to firearms. <sighs> the sheer misunderstanding of it all just absolutely kills me let me explain something to you a background check which all of us go through if you are going through an ffl to buy a gun is a snapshot a polaroid picture of you in time up to this moment you have not committed a crime you've not done something that would make you a prohibited person likewise what he's referring to the red flag law the erpo the gun violence uh gun violence restraining order whatever you want to call this uh, this is the minority report. This is like me rolling up on you. You're in the grocery store. Me and you are buying Yingling Light together. And as we go out the door, they come up and say, we're taking your cars because you're probably going to drive them drunk. Because we bought beer. Right? We bought beer. Um there's no due process in this. This is somebody coming up to you. And I mean, these, these laws have already resulted in one death that I'm aware of in Maryland, where some guy my age, somebody came to his house and said, you're under a red flag law and we need, we're here to pick up your guns. He said, in a pig's eye, and they got in a gunfight and he died. I see his point. An accusation of danger to self or others. Let me explain something to you. I am a danger 
to others. You want to know the others I'm a danger to? If a person rolls up on me and tries to hurt me, I am dangerous to them. Otherwise, I'm probably I'm probably going to hold the door for you. I'm probably going to give, bid you a good day. I'm probably going to give you my, my, my buggy at Aldi with the quarter already in it just so you don't have to go get it, just so you can have a better day. I'm not a danger to anybody because I have a gun. Only a danger to those whose occupational hazard is they might get shot. Now, yesterday, and I, I say this, I say this with no reservations whatsoever. Yesterday, I was in, I was in the presence of the sheriff and the chief of police of uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And I do not believe that they would go for this. I do not believe they would go for this. I was asked by, for example, I was asked about the open carry provision we now have in South Carolina if we have a concealed carry permit. <laughs> and SLED put out a video, and if you're walking around with a weapon on your hip in sight, you're not going to have a law enforcement official in the Greenville County Police Department or in the Greenville County Sheriff's Department. I don't know about the rest of them either, but I, I would suggest that in the upstate, they all sort of play by the same sort of playbook. Um, you're not going to have anybody come up to you just because you got a gun on you. And yet, here we look at this, and you know, looking at gun violence is never going to solve anything because it's not about the gun. See, the difference between me and one of these mass shooters is I have no axe to grind with society. And yes, I got shot down by the pretty girls. And yes, I was made fun of by other cliques. And yes, I had all kinds of bad things happen when I was young. And you know what? I just shook them off. I just ignored them. How freeing is that? You know, learning how not to give a rip is very freeing. Now, we did away with a lot of institutions to help people that are mentally ill. And we do need to bring that back. Because right now, you can go probably to, you know, you can probably go to uh, to Walmart and go through their little help screen and get you something for your. I, I don't know that for certain, but I know that regular uh, regular general practitioners they 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 uh, prescribe some of this stuff. And I'm not, you know. Some people have, like an old guy, an older man, or older woman that loses their spouse after all these years. They just die. They die peacefully and naturally, and they're depressed by it. So, somebody comes up and says, I think she's depressed. We should serve one of these. And they go get this person's guns. The diagnoser makes a big difference. <laughs> the other thing they do with this is they take police officers who already have so much on their plate. A police officer's got to be a psychologist. He's got to be able to tell. He's got to know the law. He's got to be a gunfighter. He's got to be a person that knows how to, to, to comfort a little child. He, and all other things when he's out there. The craziest job description you've ever seen. And now they're going to put on top of this, they're going to have to make a diagnosis. These politicians who think they can ban their way to utopia which includes you, Mike Pence, you guys are idiots. If you, if you embrace gun grabber policy, you're not about liberty. You're not about liberty. The Second Amendment should be the First Amendment so that when the, you know, the freedom of speech comes in, everybody can say, well, this is how you make sure we have freedom of speech. Mao understood this. Mao understood this. 
so do the left. And so do some of the unwitting, we want to go along to get along Republicans. Being told that my commentary is good, but my laughing is, uh, is, is bad. I'll just adopt that whole Sam Kennison screaming thing for you. How about that? Would you like that? I mean, would that be okay with you? I'm going to tell you the, more, the, the, the issue that they missed in the debate, in the Republican debate. I'm going to tell you that issue. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, what we need in the debates, <laughs> I, I, I think we should have a debate. I, I would like to have a debate with the Republican candidates. Trump could be included. I don't care because I'm going to ask him the same thing. I would like to be one of the, I, to my left, I'd like to have Terry Safacious. To my right, I'd like to have Charlie James. Let us be the questioners of the debate, the next Republican debate. And I'll bet you we get to the bottom of certain things. Like this thing. There's this unholy allegiance between the Democratic Party, the federal agencies, and the media, and social and, and tech. And they this is the biggest, greatest level of corruption we have ever witnessed. A few years ago, if I'd pointed this out, I would have been called a conspiracy theorist. But then they brought us Russiagate. Which, you know, lies always have this tendency because there's no background behind them. There's no real details, no trail, no no fact pattern. It's just something they make out of a whole air and then throw it out there. And we saw innumerable illegal acts of conspiracy and perjury, collusion, propaganda, and censorship. They were often and requited and or committed, not by a rogue staffer or two, but by the leaders, by the you know, the the ones we know who they are, their names. And the debate moderators didn't ask about this. Russiagate was not an isolated scandal that is now old news. This is the post that sticks up out of the snow, even though you have the heavy snowfall, which shows the deep level of corruption within the government. And that hasn't gone away. Because like the shoplifters in California, they experience no negative consequence for the way they act. So they keep going lower. And they keep ignoring more laws. They've got a two-tiered justice system on full display. They push false narratives about a pandemic, which was only for their benefit. It was never for yours. They urged partisan propaganda and censorship. They ignore the real places where the violence and the theft is in our cities. They ignore immigration law, which is going to, you know, I don't think the uh, Hispanics coming here are actually, they're running away from totalitarians. You think they're going to cozy up to you? <laughs> you think that? They want to indoctrinate our children with these Marxist theories and also with this idea that gender is just something you decide. 
They thought they could get up there and take a bunch of people just for the sake of getting their vote and say, your student loans are forgiven. Hallelujah. They're using the DOJ to try to eliminate opponents. And then they also go after their lawyers for practicing the craft. And not one single question about this on the Fox News debate. It is, you know, here, here's the thing. If you want to do something, here's what you do. You get every one of these candidates and you interview them individually. And then you make this all into one big, what is it? Seven hour extravaganza show. You ask them the same questions. You don't give them a 30 or 60 second window to explain their position. You give them enough time to answer the question without, you know, getting the Reader's Digest version of it. Even with that limitation, nobody nobody asked that question. And the only one that actually seemed to broach the subject was Vivek Ramaswamy. Who's out there going to all the rest of them seem to believe in their in their in their philosophical view that government is just not being run the right way. Government can be run the right, right way and solve all the problems. Then they wanted everybody to hold up their hands to show a loyalty pledge. Like they were in school. What's five plus five? What's five plus five plus five? Raise your hand. Five plus five. I can say that. Um, how about, you know, they, they could have said, how about we stop the DOJ persecution of political dissidents in the first place? And the Democrats, this is the elephant in the room. And the Democrats want us to ignore that elephant. Because when the Republicans take power again, which they will at some point, the way things go, uh, what they want them to do is just let everything coast and not do anything else. You know, the Republicans will get out there and say, we have stopped this for right now. You need to go back and erase it. Wield power. Goodness. Well, you know, a lot of people, you know, Elizabeth Warren, she wanted to be Focahontas. And I kind of understand now because the Native Americans, when they see the left, they, they drag them to the right by their hair. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.